So let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time, and then we'll be starting in Genesis 37 this morning. I see you kids with your eyes open. I can see all you guys up here. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each of these young kids here. Thank you for Sunday School for All Ages. What a blessing to open your word. I pray that we would see the Lord Jesus this morning. Uh, we got to see the Lord Jesus as we, as we took the emblems this morning. We got to see the Lord Jesus in baptism this morning. And we, we see the Lord Jesus as we open his word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday School for All Ages is maybe my favorite time of the year here at Bethany. And young people, um, I'm really going to be speaking to you today, but I'm sure your parents uh, can listen and hear some things. We're talking about one of my favorite biblical stories. It's the story of Joseph. And uh, this summer, I read this book, and kids, you should all read it. Um, as you get older, it's called Joseph Makes Me Think of Jesus. This was a really, really good book that opened my mind. Willie McDonald wrote it. And so uh, there's a couple boys here today, uh, Ty and Calvin and Levi, that have probably heard 98% of what I'm going to say today. Um, we all went down the current river in Missouri. We went out on the wilderness this summer. There's a uh, tie, just resounding joy, um, every paddle stroke. And we spent a whole week studying Joseph and the life of Joseph. And, and I was just praying and thinking, what do I want to share with these kids? I thought maybe we'll just do wilderness for all ages today. And uh, we'll go and look at the life of Joseph. And we're going to kind of compress and condense. But I want to leave you with four thoughts today on the life of of Joseph. All right, so Genesis chapter 37 is where we're going to start, and I'm going to read. Kids, put on your listening ears, put on your listening eyes, maybe. Close your talking mouths and listen to what the Bible says. This is Joseph's brothers now, and it says, they saw him, oh, too fast, they saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him. We will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hands and restore him to his father. But when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty. Um, and then we're going to stop right there. So Joseph is a story, and growing up in Sunday school, I heard a lot of stories about Joseph. Now, kids, this is not just a story about a cool guy with a cool coat. Okay, this is something that we need to see Christ in today. Joseph is an Old Testament picture of Jesus. Joseph is an Old Testament picture of Jesus. So what happened, what we just read right here? Joseph had some dreams and he told his brothers about it. Raise your hand, boys. Do we have any brothers here today? If you've got a brother, raise your hand. Old people too. I know you guys have brothers. Yep, you got brothers. Raise your hand. Now these brothers were pretty messed up. And, and kids, listen to me. When we read stories in the Bible, like about Joseph or about Jesus, we can get in this really bad habit of putting ourselves in the position of glory. Okay, um, and, and 1 Corinthians, Colin mentioned it a few weeks ago. These things were written down for our benefit. They're written down for us to see Jesus. They're not written down so we can think at the end of this message, maybe I'm like Joseph. Maybe I should get a coat. Maybe I'm going to redeem my brothers. No, we're actually in this story. 
I picked this part of the Bible because it talks about Joseph's brothers. And if you kids want to know what our part is in the gospel, what our part is in the story of Jesus, you don't have to look any further than Joseph's brothers. We are basically Joseph's brothers. Now, this is a pretty messed up family, right? His brother said, hey, we don't like this guy because he had a dream about us. And he said, we're going to bow down to him. And so the brother said, you know what? We may as well just kill him. I have a lot of brothers. I've wrestled with them. Man, I've never once thought, maybe I should go kill my brother. But these, these brothers had given in to sin. Sin, when it gets a hold of our hearts, it makes us do wicked, wicked things. And we are just like these brothers when it comes to how we've treated the Lord Jesus in our lives. The theme that I want you to hear here, it's in big letters on the top. I want all of us to say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. He was made lower. He was made lower. What does this mean? What does it mean to be made lower? Well, I have a story to tell you about that. This is uh, one of our adventures on the wilderness trip. I actually think this is maybe Calvin right here. Smile for the camera, Calvin. Yep, just splashing. And this is a cave that's uh, kind of tucked back in the middle of the current river. It's spring-fed, so all the water, nothing falls from up top. It actually bubbles up from below. Freezing cold water. It's, it's almost pitch black in there. And uh, we had just talked about Joseph in the pit that morning. And we're walking back in that cave. And um, we're not supposed to walk back here. It's really bad things can happen back there. There's a hole just about the size of a person right there. And... Um, one of the leaders on the trip from Cedar Falls, Iowa, Gabe, that's, that's me, okay, I was walking back there and I was talking to my friend. I was looking at him this way and I was talking and I was talking and I was talking all, boom, just like that. It's like the whole world just stopped and I went flying down below. Uh, my arms kind of got stuck above my head and I just started getting scraped up. My cousin Levi said it sounded like someone took a piece of steak and just threw it against the wall and all of a sudden I was made lower in a second. I was underneath freezing, freezing cold water, head was pounding, stuck underneath some rocks. And you know, if I, if I told you kids, hey, I'm going to throw you in the pool and you're going to be in there for like 15 seconds, it's no big deal, right? Like we can all do that. But when you're underneath somewhere and you're stuck somewhere and you don't know how long you're going to be down there, think about that. Like a second feels like an hour, like an eternity. You say, am I going to get out? Is there a way for me to get free? And, and I was stuck down there and just kind of trying to think a little bit. And I was able to push off and swim out. And, and thankfully, uh, some of the other leaders had saw me and, and I was all right. And it, it made me think right away of Joseph. When he got thrown in that pit, he didn't know if he was going to be down there for a minute, for an hour, or for a day. He was made lower. He went from, it said, being at his father's right hand. His father loved him. He gave him a coat of many colors. He cared about him. He was with family. He was actually going on an errand that his father had sent him to do. You could say Joseph had a really, really great childhood, but he was made lower. Why does this make me think of Jesus? Well, in Philippians chapter 2, it says that the Lord Jesus was made lower. See, remember our theme here is uh, he was made lower. It says that Jesus left the Father's right hand in heaven. So Joseph left his father on earth, and, and it, was a, it was a big distance, but do you think about the distance of Jesus leaving his father? Think about that for a moment, kids. Jesus was in heaven. No sin, no pain, going down to be with people, he was made lower. 
You know, there's uh, Willie McDonald says there's over a hundred similarities between Joseph and Jesus. And in this first section, we see some of them. We see that Joseph, like Jesus, was sent by his father. We see that Joseph, like Jesus, was seeking the lost. He was going to his brothers and they rejected him. We see that he was forsaken. We see there was a plot to kill him. We see he was betrayed. And we see that he was sold for silver. You see, the brothers, they're kind of messed up guys. Remember, we're, we're going to learn something about these brothers as we go. But the brothers, they, they got rational. They said, okay, we're not going to kill him. Let's not be crazy. Let's sell him. Does that make sense, guys? That's a pretty messed up family. Like, as we read through this story, you're going to see this family does some pretty crazy stuff. Guess who they sold Joseph to? The Ishmaelites. Do you guys have any Ishmaelites in your lives? Raise your hand if you got an Ishmaelite. Sorry, do you guys have any cousins in your lives? Who has a cousin? Raise your hand. I got some cousins over here. Yeah, Ishmael and Isaac were like kind of like brothers in a weird way. And then their kids would have been cousins. So they're like, let's not kill this guy. Let's sell him to our cousins so we never see him again. Is that normal, kids? Remember, remember, you're not supposed to think of yourself. I know you're, you're visioning the story right now. Don't think of yourself like Joseph. Think of yourselves like you're the brothers right now. What do you think they were thinking? What do you think the brothers were thinking about? Joseph was made lower, and we'll see in a little while, it's so he could be a deliverer and a redeemer. Kids, today, you may need to be made lower so that you can see who your redeemer is. We just saw a picture of baptism. We just saw people lower down. Dave Wiedenbacher told us, Dave's one of the elders here. He was trying to tell you something, kids. Maybe you were listening, maybe you weren't. He was trying to tell you that, you know what? Jesus was made lower. Jesus went to the grave. And, and if you want to be saved today, you need to be made lower because we have an arrogance problem in this country. We got an arrogance problem probably in this church. I know I have it in my family where we can walk into a church and, and I was like this as a little kid. Maybe because I'm here, I'm saved already. Nope, you need to be made lower. Need to be made lower to see your need for a savior. All right, let's keep moving here. The second theme, what was the first? Let's say the first all together. One, two, three. He was made lower. Okay, we'll, we'll keep getting there. We're getting better. The next one comes from Genesis 40. We're going to skip around. We don't have a week. We just have a little bit of time here. Put your listening ears back on. If you took them off, put them back on. Here we go, kids. Joseph is in jail. So he goes all the way down to Egypt. A couple times it says he was brought down or some versions he was made lower. He was brought all the way down to Egypt. And then in Egypt, he's working really, really hard for this man named Potiphar. And then Potiphar's wife accuses him of wickedness. Um, boom, Joseph ends up in jail. And actually at the end, I think of chapter 37 or 38, they actually call the jail the pit. I mean, this guy just went from one pit to another pit. You know, the Lord Jesus, when he came down to this earth, it says in Philippians 2, he made himself, though he was on the same level as God, made himself lower. That was Jesus's, I would say, his first pit, having to come to this wicked earth. You know, the second pit the Lord Jesus went to was the cross. He was made lower a second time. And we see this theme now in Joseph. He's done nothing wrong. He was working hard in his father's house. We see the Lord Jesus did nothing wrong. He was serving. He was telling people the good news. 
but he gets accused here by, by Potiphar's wife, and he ends up in prison. And while he's there, he's talking. Uh, kids, raise your hand. Um, raise your hand if you know the answer to this. How many people were in jail with Joseph? Uh, Jenny, what do you think? Um, nope. Uh, someone else. Yeah, Alni. Nope. Another answer. Brock. Yeah, the jailer and the two guys, obviously. Come on, guys. I don't know if, what you're reading about here. Yeah, yeah. So the jailer was there, but then he had two people with him. So you're, you're kind of right, Jenny. And Alni, sorry, that was a mean trick. But he was in prison with, with a butler, or they call him, um, or a baker, and then this guy who had, had the wine for the king. So depending on the version of the Bible, to keep it simple, we'll say a guy who, who baked some bread and a guy who, who had a cup. And they were there for the king of Egypt. The king of Egypt was called what? What was his name? Pharaoh, yep. They made Pharaoh mad one night, and when you make the king mad, things get bad, okay? So they made the king mad, and then they threw these guys into jail, and Joseph's running the jail at this point. I mean, he's just like doing work, and the jailer says, hey, why don't you go hang out with this guy? Nice young guy. You should go see how he's doing. They have two dreams. Remember Joseph, we read just briefly, he actually had dreams about his brothers, kind of always has these things with dreams. Kind of interesting. How does it play in here? They come to Joseph one night after they have these dreams. Joseph said to him, he's talking to the cupbearer. He said, this is the interpretation. You had a dream. There were three branches. These means three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as you, formerly, as you did formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, so to get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. Here's our theme. I want us all to say it together on three. It's at the very top. One, two, three. Remember and don't forget. Ty and Calvin are like, we remember this. This is, yeah, okay. It's hard to forget. Round two. Remember and don't forget. Why is this important? Why is this important? Remember and don't forget. See, Joseph gave an interpretation to the first man, the baker, and he told him, it's not going to go well for you. You're going to die. King's going to kill you. Pharaoh is still mad at you. So I understand why the baker probably is not having a great night after that. He didn't share anything about Joseph with anyone. And I feel like we can kind of give him a pass. I get that. But this cupbearer, Joseph just gave him some of the best news of his life. He said, listen, man, you're going to be going back to the place you were. You know the cupbearer's job? It's kind of a sweet job. I mean, Pharaoh, they bring him some food, and he kind of gets to take a little sip, eat a little food. Really, it's someone was going to poison Pharaoh. They say, well, let's just put someone in the way. They're a professional eater, and he'll eat some of the food, and if anything happens, maybe this guy will die. So, I mean, kind of a high-stakes job, but, you know, also kind of a fun job. And uh, he's going to go back to this job, back to this position, and he just got some really good news. And Joseph said, hey, remember me and don't forget. Kids, does that remind you of anyone? Remember me. You know, Christ Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, he was sitting down with them and they were, they were eating something. What were they eating? Yeah. Bread. Bread. And they were drinking something. What were they drinking, Caleb? They were drinking wine representing the blood of Jesus, right? Like baker and a cupbearer, and now there's bread and there's wine in the New Testament. Joseph's making you think of Jesus, isn't it? And Jesus told his disciples in that upper room, this do in remembrance of me. 
He's telling them it's important that you remember who your deliverer is. Remember this and don't forget. Kids, that's why every single week we come here to break the bread and drink the cup. That is a critical part of our Christian walk. Remembering what Christ did. And you would think that cupbearer would remember, right? Like you would think if someone interpreted a dream for you in jail, you'd remember. Think about this, kids. What was Jesus' first miracle? Brock, what was it? Turning the water into wine. Could you imagine if you were a disciple, every time you ever saw a cup of grape juice or a cup of wine, how could you not think of Jesus who turned water into wine? What did Jesus do for 5,000 people when they were hungry? Who knows, over on this side. What did Jesus do? Yeah, Nora, what did he do? Yeah, the five loaves and the two fish, and he multiplied that bread. Imagine every time you held a piece of bread, you thought about when Jesus multiplied bread. But you know what? Those disciples, they were kind of forgetful because when Jesus went to the cross, they forgot about him. Kids, look at me in the eye for a minute here. I want to see every kid. I want to see your eyes. I want to see the whites of your eyeballs. Do not forget what the Lord has done for you. Do not forget what the Lord has done for you. So many times, young people, we get distracted by the things of this world. So what happened to the cupbearer. He got back to his position. He was happy, having a good time, and he forgot about Joseph. He forgot. When I think of Joseph making me think of Jesus, I need to remember that he was made lower, and I need to remember and not forget who my Redeemer is. When we think of the bread and the cup, kids, we need to think of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so let's keep moving in our story. We're going to move on here um, to uh, Genesis chapter 40 here. And Joseph now, or no, sorry, it's going to be Genesis chapter 41. Joseph is still in jail. The cupbearer hears that Pharaoh has a dream now. You guys see this line right up here? It says, do whatever he says. Let's say that on three. One, two, three. Do whatever he says. Joseph is in prison and Pharaoh has a dream and he's up all night about it. And they call for everyone in Pharaoh's, we'll call it his cabinet. Everyone to come give him some advice and no one can interpret these dreams he's had. And the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph. So they call Joseph up, they get him out of jail. They give him a little time for a shower and a quick shave. They get him in to see Pharaoh. And it's really, really interesting, kids. Pharaoh says, I heard you can interpret dreams. You know, a lot of people, when they saw Jesus' miracles, they said, man, maybe we should like make Jesus king right now. Or, man, what are we going to do with all this power? See, the world's really good at pointing to people and saying, you are something special. And Jesus said, you're kind of missing the point. I'm here to testify about my father. I'm here to point people to God. And Jesus was God. He was fully God and fully man. But he was trying to illustrate that. What he was doing was, was signs to point people to God. And Joseph said, hey, listen, I don't interpret dreams. He said, but I know one who does. So Joseph interprets this dream. He tells Pharaoh that there's going to be some good years and some bad years. You guys seen the movie like Joseph. Like there's probably 800 different versions of him. They got all these different ways of showing seven years of as much food as you could possibly eat. I don't care if you're a Big Mac kind of kid 
or a fish fillet kind of kid. Some of you who are at camp, I know you're fish fillet kids. You weren't impressed with the McChicken I gave you. Um, Some of you might be McDouble kind of kids. Whatever kind of kid you are, imagine an unlimited supply for seven years. We'll give you as much as you want. But then there's going to be seven years of no food. That's the interpretation to Pharaoh's dream. And, And Joseph comes in and he says, you know what we need to do? We need to store up some of this food in the first seven years so we can have something later. And it said that this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Kids, this is the first time in the Bible the spirit of God is mentioned being on a man. And it's really interesting because the one who saw it, I don't really have any indication that Pharaoh believed in the Lord Jesus or in God at this point. He wasn't looking forward to the coming Christ. He didn't worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Probably worshipped about a hundred different gods, but he saw the spirit of God, the living God, on Joseph. And he said, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you. You shall be over all my house. And we see in the coming chapters that Joseph does some incredible things to save the world, ultimately, from starvation. All right, kids, what's this picture of up here? Some of you checked out. Check back in. Give yourself a little thump. Get back in here. Pizza's a couple minutes away, but you can be strong. Jenny, what are we looking at? A volleyball. What else do we see in the picture? Someone, yeah, what do we see, Kennedy? A cone. Okay, uh, maybe a volleyball net in the background. Um, We were playing volleyball um, with some friends one time, and, and one of our friends, she went up to block the ball, and someone spiked it really hard, and her shoulder just popped right out. Boop. And she kind of yelled, and we all looked at it, and we're all like, ugh. And we're like getting YouTube out, like how to pop shoulder back volleyball injury, and things are not good. And we had a doctor that had come to speak at our conference, and someone said, what if we call the doctor? We called the doctor, and I think what we said is, could you tell us how to shove this? And he said, no, 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 I'm on my way. And this doctor rolls up, and it's like he went into like action mode. He's like, snapping his fingers. You're coming here. You do this. Grab that table. Get all these people out of here. Tie this around here. You're going to hold here. I'm going to pull here. And all like no time at all. And that shoulder didn't know what to do except be back in that socket. Do whatever he says. When someone that's that much smarter than everyone else comes in the room, you're going to do whatever they say. When someone comes in and they obviously have knowledge and wisdom and understanding, you do whatever they say. And that's what Pharaoh did for everyone in Egypt, everyone in the world. Whatever Joseph says, you need to do it. Kids, think of the Lord Jesus. You ever sing that song in Sunday school, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do? If we really believe that about Jesus, we really believe that he's all-powerful, we would do whatever Jesus says. We would do whatever he says. Joseph makes me think of Jesus because we should do whatever Jesus says. What was the first thing we thought of? We think Joseph and Jesus, first thought was, he was made lower. Second thought was, remember and don't forget. Here we see, do whatever he says. This reminds me of John chapter 2, verse 5, when Mary told those ones at that miracle. You see Jesus, just do whatever he says. You know, we see here in this story that Joseph, like Jesus, was a wonderful counselor, that the Spirit of God was on him, that he went from suffering to glory, that he began his earthly ministry at 30 years of age. And you know my favorite one, kids? This is my favorite one. 
Joseph had plenty to give to the whole world. Joseph had plenty to give. Because of what he did, because they listened to him, he stored up enough food for the whole world. Imagine if you came to Joseph and you said, hey, I need a little something to eat. And he said, I don't have enough for you. Kids, imagine if you came to Jesus and Jesus said, I know you want to be saved, but there's not enough grace left for you. Joseph, like Jesus, had plenty for everyone. Kids, if you're sitting here today and you think, maybe I can't get saved. You know, I just heard these testimonies in the baptisms. I could never do that. I, I've done too much. There's not enough grace for me. See in the life of Joseph, there's plenty for all. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Keep it moving here. I told you there's four. This is our fourth. We're going to keep right on moving. We're going to fast forward through a very critical part in this story because we don't have time today. But our final thought is a question. How will your chapter end? Let's say it all together. How will your chapter end? Joseph and his brothers have some interactions again. Remember the last time he saw them, they were selling them to his cousin and it was getting really weird and wanted to kill him, but then they didn't. Well, now his brothers really need food. Remember, we're like the brothers. We're like the soldiers who pounded the nails into Jesus' hands. We're like the brothers who betrayed. And now there's a point in a lot of people's life when they've seen they're wrong and they come back around and they say, I need help. Kids, do you know what a redeemer is? What it means to be a redeemer? A redeemer is someone who goes and takes something and and makes it whole again, restores something to where it should be, right? So if I see uh, maybe an iPhone that got run over and I know how to take the screen off and put a new screen on, I can redeem it. I could be a redeemer for that iPhone. Joseph ended up being a redeemer for his brothers. They came back and Joseph tested them to see if they'd changed. He wanted to get to know them, he spent time with them. It's actually really incredible. Joseph had the ability to kill his brothers. He could have said the word and they would be dead but he forgave them. He forgave them and he actually brought them and their families to Egypt to take care of them and redeem them from the famine. He brought his father there as well. There's four times in this story that I see up until this point where Joseph actually weeps when he's thinking about how much he loves his brothers. He's rejoicing that he gets to be with them again. He gets to see his father again. I want to read you this this little bit of Bible text here. Kids, I really want you to think about this. I know you're probably tired of sitting, and I know you're probably tired of listening, but this is so important. As many of us here go and do camp ministry in the summers, we have conversations with many young kids, and I hear this over and over and over again. A lot of kids struggle with assurance of their salvation. Can I know that I'm saved? I got saved, but man, I know I did something wrong. Could God still love me? Maybe you adults out there, some of you are struggling with your assurance of salvation. Do I know that I'm saved? So Joseph's father dies, and then this is how this story's wrapping up. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, they lie again. They say, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Skipping down, Joseph says, do not fear for I am in the place, am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Kids, do you see that? Do you see Joseph cries again here? 
I don't think this cry was a cry of um, reconciliation like before. The other times it says he was moved with emotion. He was overwhelmed. He hugged his brothers. He kissed his father. You know that kind of crying, like when you're just kind of so happy, so relieved. It doesn't give any indication here, kids, that Joseph was crying because he was happy here. Kids, some of you aren't listening. You're missing it right now. This is so important. I beg you to listen, young one. I beg you to listen. Joseph was crying because his brothers could not accept his forgiveness. Think about that. He was crying because they wouldn't accept his forgiveness. See, Joseph and Jesus finished their life in a very similar way, forgiving those who had cursed them. Jesus was stretched out on the cross. The sins of the world were being put on him by God the Father, and Roman guards were pounding nails into his hands. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Kids, remember how there was two people in the prison with Joseph? There was two people on the cross with Jesus. Actually, to illustrate, I want to use a little visual here. If you took all of humanity and lined them up in two lines, maybe we'll start here and we'll, we'll wrap around the world maybe. Maybe we could make that far. Seven, eight billion people. We put everyone in two lines. Every second, one person dies. False, every second, two people die. Two people every one second. Two people every one second. You understand, kids? Every second, two people die. Boom. So two people, two people, two people. So if we lined everyone up in a line and there was a cliff at the end and they're just falling into that cliff, they're falling to their death. Just like that. Since I've spoke, there's maybe been thousands of people who have died. And here's the problem, kids. This is a serious topic we're not looking at this line like a spectator, like, huh, I wonder what's, you know, he's, he's a little up further than others. He's behind. We're somewhere in this line. One day you're going to die. One day I'm going to die. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. It starts out in a garden, new creation, new life, and it ends in an Egyptian coffin. How will your chapter end? Remember those two men on the cross? One of them chose to believe in the Lord Jesus. Just as one of the prisoners was saved, one of the men on the cross was saved and the other rejected. You know, death, kids, is something that's important. When we think about Joseph, we have to stop and think of death. When you think of death, I want you to think of forgiveness. When I die, will I be forgiven? Kids, who of you here feels like you've been forgiven? Feels like you've been forgiven a lot. Hmm. Anyone? Any kid feel like they've been forgiven? It's like three. If you don't feel like you've been forgiven, I would ask why. Is it something that you need to do and earn to get forgiven, or is it something Christ did? All right, Hudson Rennes, come on up here. You've had your hand up for a long time. Get up here. Come on up. Come on up. I'll show you. You'll be fine. Everyone loves a good show at Sunday School for All Ages. Hudson, have you been forgiven? Yes. Yeah. Do you think there was joy in heaven when you got forgiven? Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, Hudson, how many times did Joseph cry over his brothers? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Stay right there. Here's a picture of when I think of forgiveness. You know, Joseph said for his brothers, hey, there is 12 tribes of Israel, 12 sons of Jacob. So, you know, what comes in 12? He said, hey, you know what? I forgive you. Hold on to this. 
this is me telling you I forgive you. And then the brothers had to come back again and say, me? And Joe said, okay, fine. Yeah, okay, fine. You know what? I, I forgive you. Um, yep, I, I forgive you. No, I really, I really, really forgive you. And he just had to keep telling them of the forgiveness that was given to him. If these donuts represented forgiveness, is there just barely enough donuts here or is there plenty of donuts here? There's plenty. Okay, they're all for you. Go sit down. <laughs> Kids, we have just a few short minutes left. Just a few short minutes left. What was the fourth part, Hudson? Keep them in the box, just for now. You can, you can be everyone's best friend in like two minutes, okay? Kids, look up here for a second. What, what were we talking about here? We were talking about our chapter ending. I want to tell you very quickly about three people. Three people who have all died. It's important. I want you to think about death, kids. This is actually really important. When these people who got baptized today, I think I bet at some point they had thought about death. Three people who I know who have died. Um, one, my grandma. My grandma passed away, Nana, here um, a couple months ago. Nana was 82 years old. So if we had that line stretched out, she would have been, you know, started as a very young child and she had 82 years walking in that line. She came to know the Lord when she was a young person and walked with the Lord for many, many years. One day when she was 82 years old, her time was up. She died. She pointed me, she pointed my siblings, she pointed everyone around her to Jesus. And I have confidence I'm going to see her in heaven again someday. This is the legacy that Joseph was leaving. It said he lived 110 years, and when he died, people wept. They mourned because of the great things he had done. That reminds me of my grandma. Another person who died. Down at Turkey Hill, I think about this person often. I've never met them before, but his name is Matthew Rockhold. He was 17 years old. He was driving a car from Jefferson City to camp. And I've talked to his family. They're fine with me sharing this, but he got in a car accident and he passed away. He died. No one expected him to die that day. The, the day that our grandma died, we, we kind of expected it. We were sad. We're going to miss her. But we were happy. When Matthew died, it was a hard, hard thing. And I, I can't help but think of that when I'm driving on that road from Jefferson City to camp. I think about that death. Here's the third person I want you to think of. I don't even know this person's name. One day I was, I was at my house. I had a headache, so I had stayed home from Bible study that night, and I heard some commotion outside my window. It had been raining hard that night, and I looked out my window, and I saw cars pulled into my driveway and the neighbor's driveway and the neighbor's neighbor's driveway. There's cars piled up everywhere. And I thought, that's weird. It's raining hard and I hear voices. It sounded like they were right under my window. And I, I, I go outside and we're standing in the rain and I see someone's just face down in the middle of the road. He was walking across the street and, and a car had been flying by and they had hit it. It hit him right close to Ainsboro Avenue. It had hit him and it flipped him up over the car. And the car that was driving behind, they actually landed on the windshield. It was two young kids, and they said the body fell out of the sky, and they just hit it. And they stopped. They were, they were scared and confused, but the car that hit just drove away, didn't even think twice, sped away. And man, the paramedics, there's a little fire station right there by Downing and Ainsboro. They were there in a second, and it was already over. I have no idea what this man's name was. I think he was maybe 50 years old. I think he maybe lived... Uh, one street over from what some of the neighbors says. I'd never met him. I never got the chance to share the gospel with him. I hope that man's in heaven right now. But I don't know. Kids, how will your chapter end? 
Will you accept the forgiveness that God is offering you? We know it's more than enough. Will you look at Joseph and not just see a good story, not just see a coat of many colors, not just think, will you see, I am as wicked as those brothers because of my sin, but I can turn to the Lord Jesus and be saved. How will your chapter end? Okay, quick recap. Um, Last thought I want to leave with you here. Um, Joseph means God will add. We saw that God added everything to Joseph that he needed so he could be a redeemer. And God has added the sins of the Lord Jesus Christ, our sins onto him so he could redeem us. It says 39 times, or sorry, three times in Genesis 39, the Lord is with Joseph. Is the Lord with you, my friends, today? These are our thoughts. Joseph was made lower. We're to remember and not forget. We're to do whatever he says. And the final thing is a question. How will your chapter end? Thank you for your attendance, kids. If any of you have questions about this, questions about the gospel, questions about baptism, please come up afterwards. We can have a discussion about that um, or go see Hudson for a donut. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the chance to look at the life of Joseph and more importantly, look at the Lord Jesus. Thank you for making the Lord Jesus lower for us. Thank you for sending him. Thank you that we have the opportunity to remember and not forget what he's done. I pray that we would do whatever the Lord Jesus says and that we would finish well as we try to walk each and every day like the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his love for us. Thank you for our Redeemer. Thank you for this food now that we're going to eat. Pray you would bless it to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen.